Well, I asked them to do uh, the 30-minute version of that song on YouTube, and they didn't go for it. Uh, but that song is so wonderful, it just reminds us that God is making a way. Uh, I have been so looking forward to this week and just sharing times of encouragement. I loved watching the videos as they were coming in and, and putting those things together, and it was such an encouragement to me. Uh, there was a special video actually sent to me, and I didn't put the video in, but uh uh, Ruth Boyer sent this to me, and it was a picture of of Jacob and Sam jumping into the pool uh, to let me know that the Boyer pool is open. I, I don't plan on using it anytime soon, uh, but this picture actually means quite a bit to me, and so many of you uh, have meant so much to uh, my children and my family. And when I think about Mother's Day, I think about in large part, uh, how the church family has surrounded my family with love, and that I have so many uh, people in my life that I consider uh, saints and mothers in my life, uh, but also that my children can look up to and, and call their, uh, their grandparents in a way. Uh, my mom and dad and uh, my in-laws are wonderful people, but they live up in uh, Michigan, and we can't always get there. And so I'm always so grateful for Mother's Day and what it means to so I can express my uh, sincere thanks and gratitude for a church family uh, that has adopted me as their own son uh, and my wife as their daughter and my children as their grandchildren. And the Boyer Pool is one of, the, one of those perks of being able to uh, kind of have uh, surrogate grandparents for my kids. And so thank you, and I uh, just want to express my sincere thanks for that. Uh, as we uh, think about our uh, sermon series that we're working on, I really just am walking through the Gospel of John and asking simple questions of what is the good news that, that Jesus is offering us? What is it that I need to believe and understand and know about who Christ is and what he's done for me? And uh, this week's text, we're in John chapter 2, and we actually get a little bit of a mother and son interaction in our text. I would like to say that I've planned out this series well enough that I knew that it, uh, it would land on Mother's Day, and honestly, with everything going on, I didn't really think about it. Uh, but as I was looking at the text this morning, I was reminded uh, that, uh, that there is a, a mother and son relationship going on here in the text, and I'm excited to read it and share it with you this morning. And so it's John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glories, his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. 
we have uh, so much good news in our text this morning, and I just want to pay a little attention to a couple of things that I think uh, really will draw us in and give us a little uh, message of encouragement for moms, and then also a message of encouragement for all of us. And thinking about uh, my, parent, uh, my parents and growing up, there's something that my dad always told me. He said, listen to your mother. And my dad, he would say that to me all the time. And I think that he was just sort of passing the responsibility on to my mom to make a decision. Um, but it, he, he would always tell me, Jordan, just listen to your mother. And what I have found as a parent is that I am often uh, telling my own children that you need to go and listen to your mom. Uh, if you know anything about kids, they are looking to divide you, conquer you, and destroy you. So to have a united front, I always tell my kids, you need to listen to your mom. And, and I'll always ask them, well, what did your mom say? Because I know that they're coming and they're plotting against me. Because they'll say, hey, can I have a popsicle? And I'll think, oh, sure, go ahead and have a popsicle. And then when I do that, the moment I do that, I hear Wendy off in the distance. I said they couldn't have one. And then they undermine everything and the whole world implodes. And so I have learned to say, hopefully more often than not, you need to listen to your mother. Well, in today's text for us this morning in John chapter 2, we are told the story of the famous uh, miracle of Jesus turning water to wine. And within the story, there's a lot of things going on in their culture and in the context of this wedding ceremony. What we have is a celebration, like our, uh, our ceremonies are, are a celebration as well. And what we see in the midst of this text is while they are dancing and maybe mid-electric slide or maybe halfway through the chicken dance, or uh, at some point there is this realization, uh, you know, maybe it was in the Macarena, and ah, uh, you couldn't see my hips, but they really moved there. Uh, that's terrible, and I'm sorry. Um, I'm losing, and I'm off track severely. But uh, a good dance is going on, and they realize that there is no more wine. And culturally, this would have been something that would have caused a great deal of suspicion. They would have said that even the marriage was in trouble because it was this sense of, oh, you know, the party didn't last, so neither is the, uh, neither is the marriage. You know, it was this sort of bad omen. And so uh, Jesus' mom, who's not given a name in our text this morning, but we know it to be uh, Mary, uh, is the mother of Jesus, and she says, to him, hey, uh, are you going to do something about this? And, and Jesus says immediately, he says, uh, well, why are you involving me in this? And depending on your translation, it might say woman, and we read that and we pick up on it, and it feels like, it feels like we are um, uh, perhaps uh, hearing Jesus being disrespectful to his mom, and it's not a sign of disrespect. The NIV actually says, dear woman, and that's actually a pretty good translation of Jesus is not being disrespectful to her, but he is saying, now is not yet the time for me to be revealing myself for who I am. But he does so anyways, and he does in a way that helps uh, create a beautiful picture of who he is and the forgiveness that he offers. And I hope to show you just in this text this morning about how Jesus is offering forgiveness and new life for all who will believe in him. As we uh, look at the text, though, there is this moment where Jesus' uh, mom says kind of the opposite of what I have been saying, of listen to your mom. 
what we have is Jesus' mother saying, you listen to him. And you do whatever it is that Jesus says that you need to do. He, she looks to the servants and she says, listen to Jesus and do what he says. And here's the very sort of simple thing that I just want to track along. While, while we're always saying, listen to mom, the best thing that any parent can do is teach their children to listen to Jesus. To listen to Jesus and do what he says. To do what Jesus says is what brings transformation. The whole story happens and unfolds because people were willing to listen to Jesus and do what he says. And the miracle that happens, there's some cool things going on with the miracle. The, the uh, jars, the containers that hold all of the water, those jars were used for, for purification. They would have washed their hands with them. They would have been for, uh, for performing the purification rites. Well, when Jesus then tells them to take the water and fill it to the brim, and he converts it to wine, what we see is Jesus, hopefully we see a picture of his grace being poured out for us, of his mercies being poured out for us, that what is coming in Jesus Christ and his kingdom is new life and new hope and salvation for everyone. That it's way beyond just the purification rites for the Jews, but it is the joy and celebration of new life and new wine in Jesus Christ and the new life found only in him. And so this text is an invitation for us. One and foremost, for us to be a people who listen to Jesus Christ. To learn to listen to him and do what he says. And if you are sitting in your home and you're wondering why your life maybe hasn't uh, experienced joy and renewal, or if there is uncomfort or hurt or suffering or sadness, there is something that Christ has done to offer you peace and mercy and hope today, something that resides deep in the hearts of every believer in Jesus Christ. And that hope is that there is new life and there is forgiveness and there is redemption. So that we can go get through whatever the circumstances we are facing, whatever troubles we are going through, we can know that we serve and we love a God who takes old things and makes all things new. And he can look at water and he can say, let's make better wine. In fact, the best wine. And what Jesus is teaching us in this very moment is he is bringing us something far better. Now there's something really interesting that happens at the start of our text. It says, on the third day. On the third day of what, John? It doesn't make any sense to me what he's even referencing. And I've tried figuring out what he is, and I think that John is just trying to give us this little nudge. He's trying to tell us something. That the third day is going to be important in the history of Christianity. Our very next text, the next step along the journey in the Gospel of John is John telling us about Jesus entering into the temple. And when he enters into the temple, he throws over the tables and he yells at everyone and he says, stop turning my, uh, this place of worship and prayer into a marketplace. And then people get upset with him and they say, on what authority do you have to come in here and turn over tables and do all of these things and upend our businesses? And Jesus says, 
My authority resides in this. On the third, uh, in three days, I will destroy this temple, and in three days it will be raised again. And they look at him and they say, uh, it took us 46 years to build this temple. And you're telling us that you're going to destroy it, and in three days you're going to raise it back up. And when uh, they hear this, they are thinking about a building and what Jesus is saying to them is, I am going to die and in three days I will be raised from the dead. And that's every bit of authority I need to change the world. It's every bit of authority I need to turn over tables. It's every bit of authority I need to reach into every heart and upend it and realign it back to, to God and turn people back to him. That's all the authority he needs resides in the resurrection of Jesus on the third day. It's on the third day that we see new new wine and new life and forgiveness and mercy and grace. It's on the third day where we have hope and salvation and deliverance from death. It's on the third day that we have joy in Jesus Christ on the third day that john is nudging our hearts along to say is this the one who we are going to listen to is this the one who has authority in our life is this the one we will give first place in our hearts and our minds and so the question today and this morning i have for you as you think about your life and as you think about caring for your family my one message to moms is the very best thing you can teach your children is to teach them to listen and follow Jesus. And fathers and children, grandparents, and everyone in between, the very best thing we can do with our lives is to learn to listen to Jesus and give Him authority in our lives. Our hope is that we would abide with Jesus, that we would take time and we would listen to Him, that we would listen And we would obey, that we would take the time to pray and seek his will with our lives. And so my message to you this morning is very simple. Jesus starts something new. He starts something new by turning something old into something new and good and wonderful. And that miracle is still happening every day when people turn their lives over to Christ. And they experienced his forgiveness and his grace and his love. And I want you to know that wherever this message is reaching you at, that there is hope in Christ. Hope to know that God is still working miracles and he's still making a way. And he's still doing something within all of this to to offer us salvation, hope, and new life. So will you listen to Jesus? And will you do what he says? Will you please uh, pray with me and we'll continue in our worship. Heavenly Father, we love you so much and I thank you for today. Thank you for uh, the comfort and love that you give us in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our King. God, you are our hope and our salvation. And you have given us new life through Jesus and Jesus only. I ask, God, that you would bless and guide us as your children, that we would seek first your kingdom and all that we do. And God, we thank you for that very first miracle that shows us that you are a God who loves to celebrate new life, 
who loves to celebrate the joys and ceremonies of everyday life. And God, it's been a long time since we've been able to go to a wedding. It's been a long time since we've felt a lot of the joy and happiness that we have in gathering together with people. And so God, we we pray, we ask that you would comfort us and you would heal us, that you would point to us the new things that you are doing out of the old. God, that we would trust and know that your miracles are still working in our lives and in our hearts, that you would transform us, that you would still work this miracle today. God, that you would renew us and strengthen us. We pray this, we beg of you, God, that your spirit would work in our lives. We thank you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, One of my friends this week shared uh, just a really encouraging thing, and I want to pass it along to you. Uh, He had mentioned that the disciples, after Jesus was crucified, after Jesus was crucified, the disciples were, they sort of went into a, a self-quarantine for a little while. And then they were thinking, okay, I guess we're going to have to go back to being fishermen. And coming out of this short quarantine on Sunday morning, their lives changed. There was a wave of mercy. There was a wave of God's power. There was a wave of forgiveness and new life. And this brief moment of being isolated and confined and thinking, what are we going to do for ourselves? And how are we going to make a life for ourselves? On the other side of the resurrection, on the other side of the third day, Jesus changes the world. And I believe that on the other side of our isolation and on the other side of our quarantine, on the other side of all of this, there is a new third day for every one of us to find again the newness of life in Jesus Christ and salvation and hope and love and forgiveness and that we won't take for granted the power of God's Spirit in our life and what connections it brings and what hope it brings and what it does for our soul and deep within our hearts. I pray that on the other side of all of this, the Spirit of God would continue its work and do mighty and wonderful things. Will you pray the prayer with me that God would do great things after this brief moment of being isolated, that God's Spirit would go forth and He would change the world one day at a time. Jesus, the only one who could 
Your heart and 
They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scriptures and the words that Jesus had spoken. The encouragement for us as Christians is to believe the words that Jesus has spoken. And he, tell, he tells us that we are his children, that we are his and we are loved by him. Will we believe and go and follow? Will we abide in Christ and go? It's that uh, transition for us that I want to share with you the plan moving forward for the Etna Green Church of Christ. I posted a video earlier in the week, and it will be much more thorough uh, than now, but I want to share with you about our goals of returning to gathering. Uh, starting next week, May 17th, we are going to open our doors uh, exclusively to members who are uh, elderly and immune compromised. It's a going to be a hot ticket to get, and it's, uh, there's only uh, going to be room for 20 or less people. We are going this direction, and when I've shared it with folks, they say, oh, that makes sense once I explain it. If we were to do young people and everyone, there would be a lot of people who wouldn't feel like they could come safely. And so our desire is to reach, uh, to reach everyone, and we're going to have to have a little creativity with that. And so to reach everyone, we want to offer a service here that will be safe and clean, and social distancing can happen quite effectively. And so that begins at 10.30 next Sunday, and it'll be here. We will continue our online worship. And so the second component to this is, is that I really want to encourage you that if you are younger and healthier and not feeling ill at all, that you would uh, welcome someone into your home or you would feel comfortable going to someone else's and that you would participate in what is essentially a small, a small group setting where you would engage in this worship ceremony, uh, service that we put together each Sunday, that you would engage in that, but you would also spend time together as Christians and encouraging one another. That might be in the context of a meal. It might be in the context, hopefully if the weather is good, and a wiffle ball game in your backyard. But that if we would have Christians gathering together in the name of Christ, showing our relationships and bridging, uh, bridging the gap together slowly but surely, we will return to gatherings uh, very soon. And we're looking at this stage and this step is right in correlation with the numbers that are being shown us as to what is permissible in gathering according to the Indiana State uh, guidelines to, uh, get, uh, to expanding and bringing everything back open and the sort of returning to normal and whatever that might be. And so that's step one and step two or phase two or stage two or whatever you want to call it. We're going to look at from uh, May 17th to June 7th as stage one, and then on June 14th to July 5th, we're looking at offering two services, one at 9 and one at 10.30, and the one at 9 will be for the, our older congregation members, and that will be an opportunity for us to, um, to still practice social distancing, and the numbers for the state are concerned show that we can have 100 or less in correlation with those dates. And so what we will do is we'll create two services so we can spread out more. And we have a lot of creative ideas as to how we can sit and arrange ourselves and do all the things necessary to keep everyone safe. The main point for us is that we would be able to gather and worship. 
that we would love God and we would love others. If you'd like more details on it, you can always reach out to me. If you have questions or concerns, uh, please send them or my, uh, towards the leadership, and we'll happily address those concerns. The hope is, is that we would return to gathering, and on the other side of this, we would join a wave of God's Spirit moving and changing in lives. And that my hope and my prayer would be that we would grow so much that we would need to keep two services uh, for a long time. Uh, and then and then go to three services. And then, you know, well, I'll stop there. But uh, the, hope, the hope is that this will be a season of growth and connection. And my heart is simply, it's three steps in my heart. Pray, engage, and serve. Pray to God and just ask him to guide you and lead you. Engage his spirit and engage with his people. Connect and encourage them and find ways to serve. There's going to be new ways to serve throughout this. Children's ministry has been the hub of our service-oriented things going on for a long time. And children's ministry is going to look very different for a while. But every step of this, every step we take together, may it be a step first in prayer, engaging with God and His Spirit and with His people, and having a heart of serving others, and the thinking of others before self. Will you pray, engage, and serve with us as we return to gathering starting this next week? I'll try and connect with uh, all who I can this week to encourage you to return to gathering in a new and special way. I'm looking forward to the life that comes by prayer, engagement, and service. Thank you for joining us. We'll close with one more song. And I'll ask God to lead us uh, in this final prayer. God, would you help us to listen to you, listen to your son, Jesus, and walk in faith to engage with you and with others in our church family and in, the, uh, in our communities around us. And God, show us opportunities to serve in love, to put you first in our life, and show a watching and hurting world that you are Lord and King and our trust is in you. God, we thank you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.